First off, I would just like to say, never, ever do this drug. The high was impossible to describe other than scary, feverish, and delirious. My brother showed us a plant one day and said he had read about it on this website. He told us that if you eat a pot of seeds, you get a trip similar to mushrooms mixed with acid. Since I have never tried acid, and I have never had mushrooms work on me, I was quite curious to try it, especially since it was free. Me and a few friends picked about 10 pods and went to my friend's house. His parents were gone to the cottage for a couple of weeks, so we decided it was the perfect time. We had sniffed a pill or two of E, and it wasn't really affecting me too much, so we started the adventure. We took the seeds out of four pods and crushed them in a mortar and pestle. We then boiled the seeds for about 20 minutes and put the seeds and water into a tea kettle and put two tea bags in it to sit. We let it sit for about 10 minutes and the four of us prepared our first cup each. We added lemons to it since the seeds had such a bitter taste. We drank two cups each and then me and one other friend split the four pods of seeds between the two of us. The E was just getting to the peak when I had finished the tea and I went outside for a smoke. I got outside about five minutes after finishing the tea and that's when we ate the seeds. In about 10 minutes after I finished my smoke, I started getting dizzy and feeling very frustrated. About 10 more minutes passed since I had consumed the actual seeds, and now I could not control my vision at all. Shadows and darker objects would blend into each other and everything seemed to move to the right. I was now beginning to hallucinate and started to get very scared. I was later told that I was curled up into a ball, sitting on a chair on the front porch, talking to myself and drooling. During this time, I remember talking to five bikers who came to the house looking for me and my friend to beat up. I was scared, so I went into the fetal position and fell off of the chair. And when I stood up, all my friends appeared out of nowhere. They weren't there when the bikers approached me, and they asked me if I felt the deterrent yet. I suddenly felt a lot less alone, and somehow, I was practically sober again. My vision returned to normal for the moment, and I could have a conversation without mumbling. I was asking my friends if they were feeling it yet, and they all said no, except my friend who I split the seeds with. Everyone then went back inside, except for me and my friend who was tripping, and I started to feel it again, but this time, it was much more potent. I started to see squirrels and raccoons all over the front yard and they seemed to have spotted me. They all stopped to look at me and began running at me. I again curled up into a ball and rolled around on the ground as they attacked me. When I noticed that I felt no pain, I looked up to see four cop cars stopping in front of the house. Scared that they saw me defending myself from imaginary animals, I lit up another cigarette and tried to play it cool. As I looked up after sparking the smoke, the cops had disappeared and a dragon was floating in front of us. My friend then jumped to his feet and screamed, 
Look, they threw him off the balcony. The fat guy threw him off the balcony. He then looked at me with the most serious look on his face and said, he's dead, man. We should call the cops. I don't know if this really happened, but he picked up his shoe and tried to dial 911. When nothing happened, he threw the shoe across the yard and ran into a bush and started crying. By now, I was starting to realize that almost everything was an illusion, but it seemed so real I could not separate them from reality. A feeling of aloneness, anxiety, and severe restlessness. When I looked at the bush to see if my friend really ran and hid there, I saw a little girl hung from a tree branch with blood coming out of her mouth. I turned around because I was pretty sure it wasn't real and she was standing inches away from my face, screaming. I then started to cry and wanted to get off the drug as quickly as I could. As most other users of Detour have noted, my mouth was really dry and my throat burned. I decided it was time to go inside where my friends could comfort me and try and help me get off my high. As I said before, I felt like I was being trapped in a really small place and my skin felt like it was burning and itching. I was in severe physical and mental discomfort. I remember dropping to my knees and praying to God to help me get off of the drug. I drank about five cups of water simultaneously. I felt something wet on my feet and I looked down to see myself standing in a pool of water. From my earlier experiences, I realized rationally thinking and turning away from what I was visualizing would get rid of my hallucinations. I drank one more cup of water and decided to go watch TV and try and focus my attention on something real. As I was in the kitchen drinking the water, I could see all of my friends sitting around the table, but I couldn't make out what they were saying. I wandered to a secluded room and sat down on the couch and turned on the TV. I was now feeling more confident, but the anxiety and burning of my skin and mouth continued. I was watching Jerry Springer and I could hear muffled voices, but couldn't understand what they were saying. I then started feeling very angry and frustrated, so I looked to see who was talking. As I looked over where the voices were coming from, the voices became clear and I was in a room filled with all my friends who were not in there moments before. They were yelling and rolling joints and I kept yelling as loud as I could, SHUT UP! SHUT UP! Then I looked towards the entrance of the room and my friend was doing cartwheels. I looked back to see if anyone else noticed my friend doing cartwheels and the room was empty and the TV was not even on. I could clearly remember the episode of Jerry Springer and I was now becoming very scared and uncomfortable. The next thing I knew, I woke up to the sound of knocking on the window. I looked over and saw nothing and then looked again and three burnt faces simultaneously popped up to the window, screaming. I then actually woke up in cold sweats and felt the sudden need to vomit. I tried to stand up, but fell flat on my face. After putting all my energy into it, I got up 
and wandered to the washroom, bumping into every wall on the way there. My friends who were sober asked me if I was alright, and I tried to say yes, but I just started screaming in pain. I felt as if I was dying, and I ran into the washroom. Every movement I made sent a rumbling effect throughout my whole body. I tried to throw up, but all I could do was cough and burp. I wanted to get the detura out of my system, so I shoved my fingers into my throat, trying to vomit. Nothing would work. I was crying and shaking, and my skin felt as if it was on fire. After 10 minutes, the nausea wore off, and I went back to the couch I was sleeping on. Again, I felt as if I was going to vomit and repeated my last mission to the washroom, but could not get myself to puke. I then started punching myself in the head and knocking my head off walls, trying anything to make myself sleep. Nothing would work. I then vomited all over myself and passed out from the numbing in my brain. I woke up in heaven, flying through clouds and rainbows. I saw all of my friends I was with above me, looking down with very concerned faces. I felt as if it was a warning, telling me that I was almost on my deathbed and that I was messing with very dangerous substances that I was not educated on. As I floated around, my life was flashing through my mind, like in a movie right before you die. I saw my family at my funeral, all crying, and my friends as well. I was speaking to a voice that was telling me this is what will happen when you waste your life away. The voice said that this time I was lucky, but next time I won't be. I then was back, floating through the rainbows and clouds, and I wished I could be there forever. I decided this wouldn't be the last time I tried Atura since I could not recall any of the events that previously happened. But then I saw the concerned faces above me, and reality set in, and the faces were real. I was lying on the washroom floor, with puke all over me, and my friend was screaming at me to wake up. I stumbled back to my bed and passed out, relieved that I was alive. All the illusions had now stopped, but the burning was still present. It felt as if my whole body was sunburnt and itchy. I woke up the next day and looked at my watch to see what time it was. All I could see was a blur. Now, sober enough to know it's real, I was truly frightened and believed I had gone blind. For the next six hours, I could not read anything two feet in front of me. Anything past that was perfectly clear. It has now been approximately a month since I did the Datura, and the effects are still present. I still sometimes have trouble seeing, and in the dark, I still see shadows move and blend into each other. I have very realistic dreams that are hard to distinguish from reality, and I may believe that some of my dreams were real. I now talk during my sleep because of the vividness of the dreams, and my skin is still sensitive. This is my experience on Datura, and I will get my friend to also write up his experience since he consumed Datura four days in a row after that night, against my wishes. I'll let him elaborate on the details, 
but his experience was much more unbelievable than mine. Well, I'm a normal 20-year-old guy, relatively experienced with drugs. I started smoking at 16 with marijuana. Since then, I've tried cocaine, ecstasy, ketamine, LSD, mushrooms, 2CB, Benadryl, DXM, ayahuasca, peyote, yopo, datura, and all kinds of drug combinations. I have had strong trips with extreme doses of LSD, as well as ayahuasca. Even once in an ayahuasca ceremony, I ingested five doses of ayahuasca concentrate. That is five cups of concentrate. Two hours after starting the trip, extreme trip by the way, I ingested two doses of inhaled ayahuasca powder that instantly after the ingestion, I lost contact with reality. After all this, Nothing compares to what I call the incident. So to give you context, about a year ago, I went through my mom's meds and found something called Mamantine, a drug for Alzheimer's disease. I did a quick Google search on what it was and it turns out it's an NMDA receptor antagonist. I researched that the maximum dose per day is 20 milligrams. I also researched that in a moderate dose, you can feel confusion, numbness, drowsiness, dizziness, agitation, hallucinations, and great disturbances. So like the idiot that I am, I grabbed four pills that I planned to take at night with ten beers that I had. That weekend I was alone. It all started at 7 to 8 p.m. drinking beers with the four pills. I started to notice some effects in my body, like tingling and some vertigo. I don't really know why, but little by little, I started to take more and more pills until I reached approximately 15 to 17 pills, or 300 to 340 milligrams of mamantine. Before reaching that number of pills, I was already drunk, I'm not so tolerant to alcohol. And at 11pm, I lost consciousness. I don't know how, but I'm sure that all the time I was unconscious, or at least the time I don't remember anything, I was hallucinating hard. I remember dying and being reborn who knows how many times. Different civilizations, whole worlds of mathematical equations. I experienced different types of lives when you die. Sometimes I saw geometric figures that were distorted to become other types of figures that were reflected in different astral planes. I also managed to see certain species of entities or gods. Weird, I know. The next thing I remember is regaining consciousness at 4am in a corner of my room. With the floor full of vomit, I was lost, confused, and with my world literally spinning around. I couldn't see more than 4 meters away because everything was out of focus. I could see the door of my room and the four walls going up unfinished. The floor stretched infinitely in all directions. I felt tiny in comparison to everything I saw. I felt very scared. Somehow, I managed to crawl up to my bed and sit down. As I sat down, I lost consciousness again. 
The next thing I remember is sitting in a corner of my bed, watching a big puddle of vomit on the floor. It was about 7am at this point, I don't know what the fuck is going on. My vision was completely fucked up, the floor was spinning uncontrollably. Somehow, I managed to adapt to this world and I was able to walk. My way of walking was completely abnormal and I was aware of it. It was like walking like a robot zombie, like some kind of disease as I walked. My steps were giant and my arms, hands and fingers were bending in all directions. I was really, really fucked. I managed to sit on the sofa in my living room thinking about what the fuck was going on. I did not remember that I had ingested an extreme amount of pills. I thought that at some point, I bought drugs from one of my dealers and that's why I was like this. A while after thinking, I only thought about the word pill. Suddenly, the phrase, those fucking pills, passed through my mind and remembered what I had done. A while later, my mother came home. She was somewhat drunk and obviously, she saw me and asked if I was drunk or something because of how fucked up I was. I instantly said yes. She just told me to go to sleep, which I listened to. At this point, it is one o'clock in the afternoon and I was still just as fucked. My world was spinning. Everything I looked at was excessively big. Sending a text message or reading one was almost impossible. I did not coordinate my movements. When I closed my eyes, I began to hallucinate all kinds of crazy things. There was only one thing that did not disappear from my hallucinations, and they were the mathematical equations. I felt like my whole body vibrated, as if it was about to explode. I also felt an extreme toxicity throughout my whole body. I spent lying all afternoon hallucinating, praying that I would get this all down. At 4pm, after sleeping an hour or two, I looked at how the veins in my arms were completely swollen. I went to see myself in the mirror and stare at the veins of my neck and face. I knew that was completely real. Instantly, I thought, what the fuck did I do to myself? I was really scared and about to cry. At this point, I had not stopped vomiting a yellow liquid. I vomited at least twice every one or two hours. The night came and I went to the kitchen and drank some water. I kept drinking water and vomiting non-stop until that yellowish vomit stopped coming out and pure water came out. About 9pm, none of the effects of the drug had worn off at all, so I went to sleep thinking about surviving the night. At this point, I really thought this would be it, that it would be the end of me and I would die that very night. At no time did I tell my mother what was happening or to take me to the hospital, maybe out of fear. I know, I'm a complete idiot and you can judge me all you want, but well, I really could hardly sleep that night. I just passed with my eyes closed, imagining all kinds of crazy things like a nurse taking care of me by my side, different civilizations going to war, mathematical equations kept going everywhere. To some extent, it was interesting and intriguing the things I saw, but don't get me wrong, 
I wasn't enjoying what I was experiencing at all. Many of those hallucinations were sexual things. Then I found out that memantine increases libido. I vomited multiple times during the night until dawn finally came. The first thing I thought was, I'm alive. I still couldn't walk normally, but I tried to hide it. My vision had improved a lot. The floor was still spinning, but nothing compared to the day before. I still felt that unpleasant vibration and feeling of toxicity throughout my body, and I really couldn't think clearly at all. I was in my own disoriented world. This continued like this for approximately five days. Five days of pure hell. Eventually, all the effects were disappearing with the passing of the days. There is almost no information on the overdose of this drug on the internet, as its abuse is rare. The biggest overdose I found of this drug was a guy who ingested a thousand milligrams of it. The guy was in a coma for 10 days. He almost died. I'm not going to say don't try this drug for recreational use, as I doubt anyone would be as stupid to do something as I did. What I'm going to say is be careful what you do. To this day, I still think that I could have died. I don't know if at some point I convulsed because I had some bruises on the side of my head. The way I saw my swollen, thickened blue veins practically all over my body, that feeling of vibration throughout my body as if it were going to explode, the ground and everything I saw spinning without control, the sound completely distorted and the same as the touch with things. It is something that I will never forget in my life. So I repeat, be careful with what you do. This experience opened my mind to reflect on what I did and things I have done before. All actions have consequences. If that night I had taken something stronger than Mamantine, I would definitely not be here telling you such a stupid story. I guess I'm just a lucky bastard. I received a small sample of a relatively novel substance to try, 3-MeO-PCE, and plugged rectal administration in a gelatin capsule. I'm a tall, 200-pound male with a very steady and calm temperament. I have a great job in science and technology, a loving family, an amazing group of friends and girlfriend, and overall, extremely good health and fitness. I have experience with every common recreational substance and most of the uncommon ones. My full list of recreational chemicals that I put in my brain is over 80. I am extremely careful in my substance use and am a resource to my community on risk reduction practices and usage guidelines. I volunteer as a psychedelic counselor at festivals and events to help people through difficult experiences and I needed to draw upon my full mental toolkit in this scenario, which has never happened before to me personally. Despite my extensive use, I don't use often, so I have no tolerance except to stimulants as a consequence of my prescribed medication. I have a sleep disorder and use Armodafinil and Adderall to help, and take those almost every workday. My set 
is a weekend resistance party with talks early in the evening and DJs playing until late. The crowd was made almost entirely of my good friends and acquaintances. The venue was atypical, a shitty community center with a poor sound system. Setting is positive, my girlfriend was gone for the weekend, so I figured it would be a perfect time to try this new chemical. After the talks were done, I rectally self-administered one gelatin capsule containing 28 milligrams of 3-MeO PCE. The aim was to achieve moderate dissociation that makes social interactions more pleasing and dancing more enjoyable, more being inhabited by the music. 20 minutes in, maybe some light hints of dissociation already. My visual perception feels slightly altered, depth and perspective and field of vision in particular, but just the barest amount. Turns out there is a weird performance happening on stage before the DJs get to do their thing. The weird performance is done, and as soon as the sound is turned off, I am launched into moderate dissociation and a profound sense of feeling unsettled. This is not what I was expecting. I tell this to my friends that I'm laying with on a bunch of squishy pillows and mattresses. They take my description in stride. I try a lot of weird drugs and in unusual combinations. 35 minutes in. Time is moving very slowly. Conscious of how my attitude will shape this experience, I'm careful not to describe my state of mind to my friends using negative descriptions or imagery. But I can't help but feel that this was a mistake, and a mistake that is just getting started. I'm having a lot of trouble mentally. While I recognize that I am only potentially ambulatory under my own power, a chorus of mania has risen within my thoughts and within my chest. A buzzing energy so loud it is drowning out my ability to control my state of mind in any way. I continue to reassure myself that I am among friends, comfortable, safe, and will ride out this unexpectedly intense experience. I tell anyone who tries to interact with me that I am not particularly verbal and overwhelmed in my current state of probably too much chemical. I spend this time doing breathing exercises, focusing on people's voices, and attempting to describe my experience without ascribing any value judgment to it. My large muscle groups are spasming and vibrating. Everyone is extremely impressed at how my quadriceps are vibrating the whole group of reclining people and cushions. People touch my hands and feel how they're buzzing slightly. This is an extremely unusual experience for me and doesn't make me feel better. I make the mistake of closing my eyes. There is some dark internal imagery that I am curious about, but more importantly, the world seems to violently spin away from me in a profoundly jarring way whenever I close my eyes for more than a second or two. I resolve to not let my curiosity get the better of me. An hour and a half in. It's not helping that the music is shitty and the sound system is terrible. I try to focus on criticizing all the aspects of the party that are subpar with my friends and we laugh about how spoiled we are and how lucky we are. I try to inhabit the gratitude, but it's still extremely difficult to maintain positive and coherent thoughts over the manic energy that is racing through my brain and pounding in my chest. 
I am legitimately worried about temporary or lasting psychosis among all my jumbled thoughts. My heart rate feels faster than usual, but not excessively so. I'm still reclining on soft things. I'm encouraging a friend to tell me about her current life and daily struggles and triumphs. It's helpful to focus on her voice and her story. The mania feels like it may be starting to fade. I continue breathing exercises, restarting whenever I've forgotten to continue every so often. My large leg muscles, shoulder muscles, and lower arm and hands are still spasming lightly, off and on, but the intensity has diminished. I find that I am enjoying hitting myself with a close fist in the leg. It feels very cathartic for whatever reason. I tell my friends that I know it's not socially appropriate for me to keep hitting myself as I'm doing it repeatedly, and they laugh. I notice that I'm hitting hard enough to give bruises later, certainly harder than I've hit anyone else ever, so I stop. An hour 45 in. My vision is becoming less dizzying. The music is still terrible, so I decide to try and stand up and move around under my own power which is successful. Standing and walking is too full of stimuli to be pleasant and I feel the mania rising and falling within my perception. But I walk to the bathroom and quickly use it. Interestingly, being alone in a one-person bathroom stall is more disconcerting than being in a room full of people, likely because most of those people were friends or at least acquaintances. An hour and 50 minutes in, I am standing and participating, haltingly, in conversations. My friends seem very sympathetic. I notice that I am much more aware of the glances of strangers as I walk carefully around the party. They don't feel invasive, I'm just curious about why they're looking at me. Myself and the two friends I came with head to the dance floor to try and see if it sounds any better. The music isn't terrible. The sound quality is actually better on the dance floor, and not horrifically loud. We dance a little bit. I smile and laugh, and enjoy my awkwardness. I feel like a stiff robot dancing, and my friends laugh with me. We decide the music is terrible enough to leave. That's fine with me. They call a vehicle, and drop me off nearby at my house. The overwhelming tide of frenetic buzzing energy has calmed down but I still feel a pit of absolute mania inside of my stomach, so I take 20 milligrams of baclofen to erase the mania and two milligrams of atizolam to calm my nerves and push me towards sleep. Water isn't pleasant, but I drink it. After a short 20 minutes of chatting online with my friends, the mania and psychotic chattering within my brain has largely calmed itself down and I go to bed. I wake up in something of a haze from the baclofen. I've promised my friends I'll be at brunch at a bar nearby, so I haul myself into the shower and think very fuzzy thoughts. Showering does help a lot. I microwave some leftover chorizo quesadillas with only minor questions about the wisdom of a large and greasy breakfast before I devour it all. One Irish coffee, some sips of Bloody Mary, and a sour beer later, and I feel significantly more human than before. I go on a daytime hike in the hills with other friends, 
I feel mostly recovered from the baclofen fuzziness, and I am in a generally great mood from the dissociative afterglow. In summary, I read blue light forums about dosing this chemical, and my dose was just much too high. The people reporting on the forum about 30 milligram doses being rewarding likely had non-trivial dissociative tolerances. When I take it again, I will start off with a sensible 10 milligrams and dose accordingly from there. This chemical feels significantly more manic than 20 milligram doses of 3-MeO-PCP. I felt like the psychosis could have temporarily overwhelmed me, although this likely isn't true or relevant. It was a very intense experience and I recommend starting your dose in the single digits or teens at the most. I'd like to begin by stating I was not in the happiest mindset and I haven't been for quite a while. This heavily impacted the dose that I had taken. Usually when I take DPH, I max out my high with 600 milligrams. I start the night off with 300 and take another 300 a couple hours later. I find that it helps me create a more intense high while preventing blackouts during the delirium. But this particular night, I was looking for an escape and I knew that my tolerance was high seeing as I could feel the body load of the 600 milligrams, but I didn't have any visuals. I grabbed eight more pills so I could go up to at least 800 milligrams. I hesitated because I always told myself to never go over 700 again, but I was already fucked, was in my mindset, so I took them anyway. I noticed I had grabbed a couple of extra pills for my stash. I counted at least four, which would bring me up to 900 milligrams, but there was also quite a bit left in my pocket. Without counting, I took the rest of the pills that were in my pocket. When you take a dose periodically, it takes a little longer for them to kick in, at least for me. I find that if I take my desired dose all at once, it hits me like a train and I'm not able to thoroughly prepare, but this was coming on fast. I already had an intense body load and a really bad dry mouth, but after taking all those pills, I started to feel really sick. My eyes started watering like crazy and my head began to burn up. I tried to feel if I had a fever, but my head felt fine. While debating on if I should go to the bathroom to puke, my whole face went numb. I began to feel a painful tightness in my throat and my chest began to rumble like I was hungry. I finally decided to go to the bathroom, but not to throw up, I had to pee. When I got out of bed, I fell to the floor. The body load was just so intense, I couldn't stand up unless I was holding on to something. I grabbed my phone to use the flashlight because I couldn't see anything. When I turned on the light, I was shocked to see my environment. Everything was the same, but it felt foreign to me. Everything was outlined with a creepy glow, like I was dreaming or something. I slowly made my way to the bathroom. When I looked in the mirror, I was terrified by what I saw. 
My entire face was yellow. I had really dark red circles around my eyes. My face was sunken in, like someone was pulling my skin down. My pupils were huge, and my eyes were bloodshot. I had a very uncanny wide-eyed expression. I knew it was my face, but I looked so afraid, and I just didn't look healthy. My right eye was looking in the direction of my nose, and my left eye was looking straight ahead. When I looked at my face as a whole, I just felt scared and confused, not really acknowledging that this person was me. But at the same time, it felt familiar. I went to pee and stumbled my way back to my bed. I figured I should try to go to sleep. It took a while, but I was finally able to pass out. When I woke up the next morning, I had a very painful headache. The body load was still present and my vision was still pretty blurry. My mouth was so dry that I couldn't speak, so I drank a ton of water. I noticed in my camera roll that I had taken screenshots of a bunch of old messages. My guess is that I couldn't read them, so I took a screenshot so I can zoom in on them. Not that it really helps, but I do it anyway. As I was drinking water and getting food, I realized why my reflection scared me so bad. It's because I had seen it before. I had a nightmare that I was dying of an overdose and my face looked strikingly similar to what it was last night. I'm terrified that I'm reaching the end of my lifespan like my dreams warned me about, but I had done another 900 milligrams the next day without a care in the world. I know I've gone too far and I know it's not healthy but I can't stop. Part of me wants to reach that end, but I don't think it will come anytime soon. Please be more responsible than I am. I met some people while on vacation at the beach. We purchased some 100 times salvia extract from the head shop and some liquid salvia drops and decided to enjoy them on the eve of a tropical storm. Staying in a high-rise condominium, we all decided that the beach was the safest place for us to be. We made our way down to the beach and I did not partake in anything else, including drinking alcohol that night. I was totally sober and even had purchased a cheap 18-inch acrylic water pipe for use as I did not want to inhale any marijuana residue. I had experimented with salvia previously, including 10 times extract, and had pleasant experiences, described in a nutshell as five to 10 minutes of euphoric hallucination with a slight detachment from reality. This would be totally different. We sat down and each took three drops below our tongue as we suggested. I didn't feel anything at first, but my cohorts were already well into their tripping within five minutes. I waited another five and began to feel slight euphoric and visual effects. The white cap waves appeared to be angels. I adjusted my eyes, although I knew they couldn't be. I was convinced. I heard a voice in the roar of the storm waves crashing. I don't remember what it said. 
Based on past experience, I wasn't fully in the zone yet because there was no change in physical perception per se, no undulations or inertia. After about five minutes, I was feeling the effects better, but as everyone else was beginning to come off of their trips, I decided now was the time. I loaded the bong with a massive bowl of a hundred times extract, offered to pass it around, but no one else was interested. I took three massive hits in one and held it in my lungs until it cleared. It took all I had not to cough, but watermelon drops helped it. About halfway into the third hit, I cannot describe what happened, but I will try. Keep in mind, I have no basis of LSD to compare this to, but the way I have described it to others, it is comparable, if not more intense, than LSD, and definitely more intense than mushrooms at this level. I paid nearly $120 for a gram of this, and it was worth every dollar. Almost instantly, I left the universe, all known bounds of human experience. What I saw was something that I've never seen before and cannot put into words within the human vocabulary. I felt as if I belonged. Streaks of light surrounded and encompassed me and I was carried by something similar to a warm river or an ocean current. As per the witnesses, I sat in one place and did not once enter the ocean during this process. Briefly, I began to recognize my surroundings. I began talking to the people around me and laughing. I was on top of the high rise and I had just jumped and had survived and I rejoined myself at the edge of the waves. Then I left again to a totally different place. It was completely white and what I can only describe as blurred out ant-like creatures appeared before my vision. They interfaced with one another and appeared to be blissfully aware but unconcerned of my presence. I wasn't sure what was going on, but wherever I was, it was either the most intense hallucination I have ever had in my entire life or it was a real place. The room began to fade to a bright orange. Again, I emerged briefly but I felt like I had walked out of the ocean as I was being drawn back in by inertia out of the bottom of the ocean. I talked it over with myself, speaking in some weird language. I could tell people were freaked out, but there I went again, back to another existence. It was now that I began to walk into the ocean, riptide, storm surge and all. I guess they tried to stop me, but they couldn't. I'm 5'11", 220 pounds, and these were small hippie surfer types. I kept walking, and because I was not in the universe, I couldn't hear them. I was told I walked to where the water was, just about over my head. During this time, I don't remember what the nature of my hallucination was. When I came to, I was in a cold shower at someone's hotel room. What I say now is retold per witnesses and my friends of about 10 minutes of time between when I found myself in the ocean and when I found myself in the shower. After nearly drowning and being pulled to sea, I somehow was washed back on my own by the waves 
They said it was very sudden and so strong that the wave came further than any other wave and cast me onto the shore. One of them, a trained lifeguard, said that I had stopped breathing for a moment and he was about to begin to use his training to save me. I turned blue. Just as he moved in, I sprung up and began to spin in slow circles with my arms out. I was chanting something and crying. They don't know what it was, but one of them said it was tongues. I did this for about two to three minutes before collapsing. They all helped lift and drag me on a towel to get me to their room on one of the lower floors where I was in the shower for about 15 minutes before I came to. I don't have any recollection of my experience after going into the water. The only thing I can think of is I must have nearly drowned. But the lifeguard asked me to try to make myself throw up. I did. Nothing but the gag reflex, so I had taken on little, if any, water. I did not feel that salvia hangover of approximately an hour that has generally a tingling sensation or pins and needles akin to a limb that has fallen asleep and lost circulation and then sensation returns. In conclusion, they call the salvia divinorum for a reason. I have used it four times now, although I haven't had the occasion to use this potent extract again. Someone described it to me as acid without the flashbacks after she took it later that night, but that was her experience and she was already on a bunch of other mind-altering drugs. I feel that I was divinely connected for a few minutes to something that human beings are not supposed to see. I feel like I trespassed, but there seemed to be no care. I feel that on rare occasions, this is the drug that will actually divinely inspire me creatively and in life, but it is absolutely nothing to be abused. It is very dangerous, and in this potency, it should be controlled or illegal, in my opinion. This was by far the most intense, mind-altering experience that I have ever had. Hello everybody, it's Shrouded Hand here. I told Tales from the Trip that I would record my weirdest salvia trip for him. Three months later and he's still waiting, so thanks for being patient with me and I hope your audience enjoys listening to it. I did salvia quite a lot during my university years. In my first year of uni, my flatmate turned up with a huge bag of dried salvia leaves. It was like a pillowcase. It was just the unextracted leaf, but it was potent stuff. One of the most memorable times from back then was when I was sat there looking at the kitchen table as the salvia kicked in and the wood grain on the table turned into sand dunes and then suddenly I was sat in the middle of a desert around a campfire with a load of people that looked like cowboys. I could tell that I was still sat at the table but it was like I was in two places at once and I had this strange sensation that I was somehow seeing back in time to some long lost ancestors. So my first experiences with salvia were quite interesting and positive and I grew to become quite experienced with the effects, or so I thought. Now skip forward about five years or so. I'd finished university by this point and I invited two of my old uni friends over to my flat for drinks. 
One of those friends was the same guy who had that pillowcase full of salvia, and for old time's sake I thought it'd be fun if we did salvia one more time. So before they arrived I went to my local head shop and I got some 60x. This is a salvia extract which is 60 times more potent than the raw leaf. I told myself that with my years of smoking salvia I'd be prepared for it, how wrong I was. So there we were, we'd had a few drinks and we were in my kitchen. I break out the bong and the salvia. This was around the time that salvia videos were all a rage on YouTube, so I got my friends to video me as I inhaled. I got my jet lighter, made sure they were recording, and took a massive hit. The next few minutes are really discombobulated in my mind. I don't remember the transition from being sober to being in salvia land. On the video I take a hit, stare at the ceiling for a few seconds, then I reach out my arm and sweep the bong off the table, smashing it to a thousand pieces on the floor. Then I stand up, face the wall and hit it with my fist. I'm going to find it really hard to describe these first few minutes of the trip. It was as if I was beyond regular time and space, like I was experiencing infinity. The closest way I can describe it is... It was as if I was stretched infinitely outwards in all directions, but at the same time I was nowhere at all. And I was there for all eternity, and I had always been there. But then I'm still describing it in a way that uses time and space, because our language can only describe things in those terms. How do you describe something that doesn't have a time and a space? I don't really know. I can't remember any visuals from this part of the trip, but then visuals would imply some sense of space. It was completely alien and terrifying. I had no memory of the regular solid world. This was now my whole reality and I knew nothing but this weird dimensionless universe. Apparently though I was still in control of my body, even though my mind is somewhere else entirely. I start climbing up onto the kitchen counter and I reach for the window latch. It seems that I'm trying to climb out of the kitchen window. There is a famous salvia trip video where a guy climbs out of his window and falls two stories to the floor outside. Luckily this didn't happen to me. My friends were able to grab hold of me and pull me back down off the counter. I'm pretty much a dead weight at this point. They're trying to talk to me and get me back into the chair, but I'm in a whole other dimension and I don't see or hear anything that's happening around me. I'm not even supporting myself on my two legs at this point. In the end, the only thing they can do is lower me down onto the floor, which is now covered in bong water and broken glass. Obviously, they try and move any of the big shards away from me before they sit me down. I must have started to come back to earth slightly because I can actually remember some visuals from this point. I remember the kitchen floor stretched out around me like a big wide open landscape. The shards of glass looked like Donald Duck beaks. There were thousands of these beaks all over the floor, chattering and quacking, stretching all the way back to the horizon. I sit there for a bit looking at this Donald Duck landscape and then I get back up. My friends grab hold of me and try and stop me from moving because they think I might try and climb out the window again. In my mind what I see is the cartoon character Goofy and the White Witch from The Lion, The Witch and The Wardrobe. They're standing in front of me like bouncers and blocking my path. When I was a kid I used to have nightmares about The White Witch after watching the BBC adaptation of The Chronicles of Narnia so imagine my fear at seeing her stood right in front of me. Why Goofy was with her I don't know. 
I remember saying that I wanted to go into the front room and the White Witch replying, Yes, you can go in there. She said it in this mocking, evil voice. It was as if she was saying, Yes, you can go in the front room, but it won't help you. You're trapped like this forever. The witch and Goofy both had this really sinister, mocking expression on their faces and I didn't like it at all. The funny thing is, watching the recording back, it's my friend Sam who says, yes, you can go in there, but he says it in such a kind and reassuring way, but I heard it in a completely different tone of voice during the trip. So we walked down the corridor into the front room and the white witch was right. It doesn't do me any good. I'm still tripping as hard as ever. Now it's as if I'm at the centre of a giant wheel. I've tried describing this bit to other people, but I always find it a bit difficult. If you think of a round cake cut up into slices, but each slice is a different dimension or different reality of some sort. The wheel was like that. I was in the centre and all these different slices of reality radiated out around me. And as the wheel rotated around me, I passed through these different dimensions. It was like a fairground ride, like I was being whipped through these different realities at great speed, then it would slow down and I'd get a glimpse of some strange world and then it would speed up again and I'd be zipped through all these different dimensions at a stomach churning speed. After a few more spins of the wheel I started to come down. Only about 5 or 6 minutes had passed but it felt like an eternity. On the video I asked my friends what happened and they tell me that I've been smoking salvia. You can see the relief on my face as I realised that I'm going to come down from this. Up to that point the trip had been my entire reality and I assumed that I was just stuck like that forever. It was such a relief when it finally dawned on me and I remembered that reality actually existed. I say to my friends, don't do that stuff and they're like, we can't, you smashed the bung. It's amazing how quickly I sobered up after that, although I did feel a bit strange. I remember walking around in circles for a few minutes after I came down because everything was still spinning around me. I'm not sure what happened to the video that was recorded. It was on YouTube for a while, but it got deleted and I don't have it saved anywhere. It was way over 10 years ago, so it's probably long gone, but there is a chance that somebody saved it and it still exists somewhere. I'd love to see it again if anyone knows of its existence, but it's a long shot. Anyway, that's my Salvia story. It's probably not the craziest story out there, but it's one of the weirdest trips I've ever had. So I hope you liked it, and thanks for listening. I first tried MDMA about three years ago at a huge electronic music festival. Prior to this date, I was a relatively inexperienced drug user. I had been regularly smoking cannabis for about a year, occasionally dabbling in coke and never having used MDMA before. When I entered the festival, I was barely tipsy and most of my group had been drinking heavily. My friend R was also not drunk, so the two of us wandered off in search of E or Molly. R had rolled many times at big festivals, and he knew that I had never rolled before, and wanted to try it. We easily found what we were looking for, and ended up splitting one pill of E between the two of us. The guy we got it from said that it was very strong. 
It was blue and speckled and had a line in the middle where it could be cleaved in half. It had some sort of logo, although I cannot recall the press. I washed it down with water. About 30 minutes later, I'm feeling an elevation in mood and some light stimulation. It may have been placebo because I was both excited and nervous. R and I were waiting in line for a ride when the music from the main stage grew louder and my body began to feel lighter and warmer. At this point, it was a subtle high. I wasn't fucked up in the slightest, but I certainly felt very good and sociable. As we got on the ride, the body load began to intensify. I suddenly felt very light, moving was almost effortless. My heart rate increased and my chest felt tight. Upon exiting the ride, I felt bouncy and shaky. R and I started holding hands and ran over to the main stage just as the chain smokers were finishing their set. The urge to dance and socialize became overwhelming. The feeling of euphoria kept growing stronger and stronger. Soon, I was talking up a blue streak and the chain smokers seemed like the greatest thing ever. R and I were hugging each other and kept talking about how we were going to rave together again and again, go to tons of festivals together, be best friends forever, etc. At this point, the drugs started to affect my vision. Everything was shiny and fluid, almost like the air was heated. I was in sync with everything. I loved everyone, dancing was effortless, and I no longer wanted to talk, only jump, dance, and yell. My jaw felt tight, and I let my eyes just roll back, which felt amazing. The next thing I knew, I looked up, and I was in the front of the crowd. R was next to me, and Above and Beyond was playing. The feeling I had can only be described as pure euphoria. I never wanted the music to end, I wanted to keep dancing forever. I started vibing with this other group next to me, they were all rolling too. I barely remember leaving the show, I was so lost in euphoria, I couldn't walk. I had one arm over R and one arm over our other friend, Jay, and they basically carried me out. We got back to Jay's car and I rolled down all the windows. I was hanging out the window of a moving car with music blasting, shouting friendly things to passerby, feeling the warm and sticky Florida air blowing across my face. I thought this was literally the peak of my entire existence. In retrospect, maybe it was. R remembered that we hadn't drank anything, so he made Jay stop at a gas station so we could buy some Gatorade. I came inside with them, wearing basically nothing, vibing out to whatever shitty music they were playing. My thought process simply wasn't capable of anything complex, and my short-term memory was completely shot. I couldn't remember why I had come into the gas station in the first place, only that I wanted to spin and dance. R bought two Gatorades and had come to collect me, because I was just spinning around in an aisle. We got back into the car and I started to drink the Gatorade. 
Every sip of cold liquid that went down my throat seemed to bring me down just a little. Eventually, my processing and awareness started to come back in waves. It was almost as if the rolling sensation became a mental fog. Momentarily, I'd see through it and have a moment of lucidity. These moments became closer together and longer in duration. By the time we got back to our hotel, I was glowing and had mostly come down. I got into the bed and slept like a baby. Woke up the next morning, still feeling glowy and refreshed. At that point, I was hooked. Once I got home from the festival, I bought an entire gram of 97% purity of Crystal Molly. This was supposed to last me for months, and it might have if I hadn't have met T. He was a heavy, routine abuser of assorted substances. Cocaine, LSD, MDMA, pills, basically anything he could get his hands on. Very quickly, T and I began running through my stockpile of molly. One point would get us rolling for hours, making new friends, dancing and talking. It became a lifestyle. We were rolling two to three times a week at clubs, bars, raves. The notorious comedowns and Suicide Tuesdays didn't hit me at first, but after a few weeks of abuse, they got worse and worse. Whenever I wasn't rolling, I felt like a depressed, antisocial, unmotivated sack of shit. I was previously such a happy person, always cheerful and bubbly. It's like this quality slowly went away and I quit being able to appreciate life without being high. I went to visit family for Thanksgiving and Christmas and all I could think about was getting back home so that I could roll. I had a boyfriend at the time who told me I had to choose between him or doing drugs. The last time I saw him, I was rolling face off an entire 2K bean. He picked me up from T's house and I was so high, my entire world was vibrating and pulsing with heat. My eyes couldn't focus and my pupils were massive. We had sex and then he'd fallen asleep. I was up all night unable to get any rest. The come down hit me like a sack of bricks. The next morning, I just started crying uncontrollably for no reason. My now ex-boyfriend dumped me on the spot. Devastated, my life began to spiral more out of control. I quit attending classes and started spending more and more money on drugs. Later that year, T and I started selling to support our habit. We ordered 10 grams of pure MDMA from the deep web and the package came several weeks later. We took the powder over to our friend's place and started eating it around 3 a.m. I have no idea how much I consumed. I kept dipping my finger into the bag and licking off the residue. In total, I would guess I had eaten two to three points. The roll came on about 45 minutes later as we were taking a morning walk to get coffee. I started feeling unnaturally energized and friendly, saying hello to strangers, just acting like an idiot rolling in Starbucks at 6am. I should have realized I had a problem by then, but no, 
I was in complete denial. I didn't notice how white my skin had become, how sick I looked. I had developed acne that I never had before from weeks of being strung out and passing out face down on couches. The roll wasn't that good. It only lasted three to four hours until I began to crash and developed a searing headache. Somehow, I fell asleep. T and I woke up and walked back to his place. He took out the bag of molly and a scale, weighing out doses to sell later. All I could think about was getting high. Getting high again was the only thing that could alleviate how shitty I felt. I ate seven points at once and felt the come up way faster than usual. T's phone buzzed and it was his friend L hitting us up and asking us to sell him some molly. I call an Uber to L's house and by this time, I have the biggest feeling of anticipation ever. It was like I was at the tip top of a roller coaster, peering down the incline, preparing for the ride of my life. I simply looked at T and told him, Oh my God, I'm about to roll so hard. The Uber came and I could barely walk. My legs were shaky and I felt hot. Sweat was dripping down my forehead. The Uber driver was concerned and I assured him that I just had a fever. It was 2 p.m. on a Tuesday in a relatively small and conservative town. I couldn't openly admit to wigging out on Molly. We got dropped off at our friend's house and everything from there was a blur. I started to go insane. I was walking down the street and saw an empty porch. Suddenly, it became a lively party. Tons of people were standing there, smoking and drinking, talking to me. To this day, this was one of the most realistic hallucinations I have ever experienced. T later told me that there was nobody there. I was talking and muttering to myself. I continued to hallucinate. I was sweating through my clothes. My eyes were completely rolled back in my head. And at this point, my skin was so flushed, it was almost a cherry red color. I saw myself in a mirror and almost panicked at how bad I looked. T tried to feed me water, but I wouldn't respond to him or quit dancing. While he visited with our friend, I spent four hours standing in one place, gurning, beat red and unresponsive. Finally, I started to come down and felt like shit. T was crashed out on a couch. I woke him up and we both ate about five more points. We spent all night dancing on the rooftop with music blasting, redosing, dancing, and redosing. The binge continued for three more days. We'd gotten 10 grams of molly to sell, but we ate over six grams of it between the two of us. The week following, the binge was hell on earth. T and I cried for days, had terrible brain zaps, both of us thought that our memories were permanently ruined. I had terrible, realistic nightmares every time I managed to sleep. My left eye was fucked up. Even while sober, I'd get the characteristic eye wobbles in my field of vision. Emotionally, I was a train wreck. 
The slightest inconvenience would have had me bawling like a child. I wished I had never rolled. I swore off Molly forever. Yet T and I continued to use. I couldn't stop, even though I wanted to. Being off the stuff for a while made everything worse. I realized how shitty my existence had become, which compelled me to hide from my problems by taking more drugs. The last time I rolled was when I hit rock bottom. T and I were at a rave and were candy flipping with six tabs of acid apiece and one Ikea press. The trip went bad almost immediately. My body began to tremor uncontrollably. Sharp, stabbing pain at the base of my skull radiated around my entire head. The sky turned red. A deep voice began to sound, repeating only the word, Molly, over and over. I tried to run from it, screamed at it to stop, but it wouldn't. I closed my eyes, and all I could see was a blue and yellow Ikea press pill revolving in blackness. It controlled my life. I was the bean. The bean was me. I became certain that I was going to die unless I stopped. The next 12 hours I don't remember, but T told me that I became violent and unresponsive, walked out of the rave, and was wandering the streets, shouting gibberish and scaring people. I called my father in the process and begged him to let me come home and recover. I regained consciousness the next morning in a hotel room with no recollection of the rave, no recollection of anything that had happened except for the pure terror I had experienced for all 12 hours of that hellish trip. I've now been clean from MDMA for more than a year. My family was angry with me but agreed to let me move back in with them as long as I stayed sober. My family is conservative and wealthy. My dad cares about his professional reputation, so naturally, drugs are a big no-no. I still keep in touch with R&T, despite being thousands of miles away from them now. Both of them made successful efforts to clean up as well. When I got home, I was sick and bloated. My kidneys seemed to be functioning poorly. Some of the effects it had on my mental state won't go away. My left eye still wobbles. I still have difficulty with handling certain emotions. I have persistent nightmares, anxiety, insomnia, and slight HPPD. My short-term memory has hit the shits. Sometimes I lose track of conversations and forget simple facts. I also have a terrible temper and anger management issues, which is exceptionally strange because I used to be so peaceable. I am also starting to recover. My skin is no longer ashen and white. My acne cleared up. I lost the water weight that I was retaining and my kidney function seems to have returned to normal. Every time I see the IKEA logo, I feel sick to my stomach, but I also think that one bad trip for saving my life. I still love to rave. I love EDM and I've learned to appreciate the vibe at shows and festivals without being high. Eventually, I might decide to roll again at a huge festival with friends and relive that first heavenly experience. 
I have respect for MDMA now. I realize how beautiful and dangerous of a substance it is. User beware. MDMA is not impossible to get addicted to. I approached it with that mindset and ended up wasting years of my life and thousands of dollars chasing a hollow high while wrecking my body and mind in the process. bipolar disorder and have faithfully been taking Wellbutrin XL 450mg every morning for the last four years. At the time, I was not on a mood stabilizer and was in the midst of a major depressive episode. I don't believe that had any effect on the physiological symptoms, however. After drinking enough to be fairly inebriated, I thought it would be a good idea to take approximately 9 tablets of 150mg of Wellbutrin XL because it was the only drug that ever worked for me. If it didn't improve my mood, I'd hoped it would at least kill me or knock me out for a long, long time. I took the pills around 2 or 3 a.m. and went to bed immediately after. Around 6 a.m., I practically jumped out of the bed, extremely disoriented due to the incredible nervous energy radiating throughout my body and mind. I was twitching, uncoordinated, and had slight difficulty choosing words. I snuck out of my apartment without waking my boyfriend or friends and hopped on a bus to get to a train station which would take me to a hospital I knew fairly well. I definitely blacked out on the bus and probably looked like I was overdosing on something. At this point, my sense of time was non-existent and I knew that Wellbutrin can cause hallucinations. I was terrified that my heart was going to simply stop from beating so fast and incredibly paranoid that I was seeing and interacting with things that weren't there or failing to register important information like oncoming cars. 30 feet from the bus stop, I had a seizure and fell down all the stairs leading into the subway. I have no idea how long I was unconscious or whether it was because of the seizure or my head making the acquaintance of each and every stair. I woke up feeling very strange and all I can think of is, why is my face so cold? Why do I feel like I'm lying down when I'm not? Why is my face so cold? That went on for a while then I realized there was a man standing over me. He asked me if I was okay. I definitely was not okay, but I nodded on post-seizure autopilot. I kept laying there on the ground and he walked away without another word. That was a fairly strange interaction, so I'm not sure if he was real. I was growing more and more disoriented, incoherent, and I knew my auditory, visual, and tactile perception was distorted. I eventually made my way onto the train and wound up getting off at the wrong stop and having no idea where I was, where I was going, or if people I was seeing everywhere were real. I kept hearing fast footsteps all around me, hissing whispers and male voices and gentle muffled feminine voices, almost like singing. After I saw there wasn't a living soul on any of the blocks I could see, my thinking was a little less realistic. 
Instead of suspecting a rapist or mugger, I thought maybe they were demons and angels arguing and coming to escort me from this world. But they were definitely auditory hallucinations. I had lost my phone when falling down the stairs and had no money or ID. Thankfully, I remembered the word hospital and my heart palpitations, increasingly fast pulse rate, higher and higher blood pressure, and terrifying confusion kept reminding me of my mission. I believe I found my way to the hospital myself because that's where I wound up. By the time I got there, around 10 to 11 a.m., I was so incoherent that I insisted it was the year 2006, but I did know who the president was. When they asked how many pills I took, I said, a multiple of three, like three, or nine, or twelve. Well, it obviously wasn't three, and for personal reasons, it makes a lot of sense that I would take a multiple of three, so nine or twelve is what I'm sticking with. 11 to noon is when the barfing began. It wasn't cathartic in any way. I was afraid my heart was going to come out of my mouth. Literally everything felt like it was shaking and twitching, including my heart and other organs. It was probably exacerbated by my frantic and incoherent racing thoughts and distorted sensory perception. That went on for hours. It was impossible to sleep or rest because of the terrible nervous energy and thudding heart. They kept me in the cardiology unit for three days, hooked up to an IV, mad electrodes, and just so many wires that I couldn't get out of bed without help. After about a day and a half, my heart slowed down enough that I could sleep fairly well. After two days, I felt mostly fine and eager to get out. They gave me some more brain scans and sent me on my merry way. Throughout the entire experience, I felt incredibly guilty terrified, embarrassed, and later belittled by understandably insensitive hospital staff. I do not recommend taking Wellbutrin recreationally. I have experimented with smaller dosages, 750 milligrams to 900 milligrams, and the effects are the same, only a bit less intense. None of them are enjoyable because there is an overwhelming sense of paranoia and any visual hallucinations are usually terrifying or startling at the least. Here are some examples from my personal experience. Male voices hissing and female voices singing which are quite disconcerting when alone. Seeing movement and shadows in my peripherals which disappear rapidly the second I turn to look. I once saw an overturned bowl in my kitchen with two wasps flying around inside and buzzing clear as day. I didn't understand how they possibly could have gotten there, so I had a friend come over to verify. There were no wasps, and amusingly, there was no bowl either. Very convincing footsteps every time I have overdosed or even taken one or two extra. The creepiest part is that when I stop to turn around and see if someone is following you, the footsteps always stop too. I thought maybe I was hearing my own steps, but they're always the same. I'd hear heeled boots hitting concrete, even when I was walking barefoot on carpet. Pair that up with the sneaky shadows and movement in the peripherals, and you have created a nice little nightmare for yourself that can last up to 24 hours. There are so many better things to do recreationally than Wellbutrin. Do yourself a favor. Never take more than 450 milligrams. 
and only use it for its amazing depression-ravaging properties. I've done Xanax a few times, and the effects were pretty much the same. Zombification. Here's a story about the last time I did it, and it did not result in much good. I went into debt after the cops robbed me, so I picked up 35 Xanax bars off my dealer to sell for him. After I sold a few, I decided I made enough money that I could take a few. I popped two, traded one to my friend at work for a few lines of coke and then got ready for a nice experience. My memory ends here. I woke up in a psych unit of a hospital where I stayed for three days while my mind got back to normal. I got home and it took a little while to find out what happened. Here's what I have learned thus far. After taking the two bars, I wound up trading another bar to my manager in exchange for a prescription opiate he had. This was while I was in the midst of being turned into a zombie. I have no idea how I got home that night, but my friend said when I did get home, I called him on the phone. I reported to him that I was on three bars, and I took another two to three while I was on the phone. He suggested I stop taking them, but I refused. My mom said that night I went to the bathroom and left. A few hours later she realized I left the light on and she went in and found a beer in the toilet. Odd because I wasn't drinking often then and I don't know where I got the beer from. The next day I woke up and saw I was late for school. I remember feeling fine and thinking straight and I went out and asked my mom for a ride to school. She couldn't because she was late for work so I said I'd walk. I went outside and let my cats and ferrets out. I tried explaining to my mom what had happened and it took a long time for me to speak straight. Finally, I told her I couldn't walk to school because it was too cold. She, realizing something was horribly wrong with me, told me not to go and to go back to bed. Instead of doing that, I walked back outside. She said she left for work and I was sitting on the bricks in my driveway. She came back a few minutes later because she forgot something and I was gone. My high school is divided into two schools, one for 9th and 10th grade, and the other for 11th and 12th. Somehow, I wound up at the 9th and 10th grade one, and a friend from work spotted me, or so he said when I returned from the hospital. Eventually, I made it to the right school, and from there, everything went wrong. At this point, I have absolutely no idea how many Xanax I had taken. I kept popping them over and over again. Not by choice, as I said, the only way to describe the effects is it turned me into a zombie. Anyway, I was at school and a teacher took one look at me roaming the hallway, dirty, clothes all ripped up, and apparently in a state of psychosis. She took me to the nurse and there she tried to explain to me that, among other things, I had high blood pressure. I got very angry with her because I thought she was calling me fat, I'm incredibly skinny, and eventually she told me I had to go to the ER. I think my mom came at some point, but the ambulance came and I tried to resist getting on a stretcher, but eventually they did it and I was taken out. In the ER, 
I remember being in a chair with lots of things attached to me. I kept trying to take them off and leave, but some man kept stopping me. My mom was there, and I remember at one point, she told me my girlfriend was in the waiting room. Only family could visit me though, so I told my mom to say she was my sister. The guy in the room said it wasn't allowed, so I tried harder to take the stuff off of me, and when he yelled at me, I proceeded to bite my arm for no reason. He approached me and asked if I was trying to hurt myself. I asked him if I got up and left, if he'd try and stop me, and when he said yes, I spit at him and called him the n-word. The next thing I remember is being in a small room being interviewed by three ladies. After some questions, they mysteriously left and I was alone. It confused the fuck out of me and eventually I found someone and tried to figure out what was going on. They said I couldn't leave, so I, being the slick person I am, tried to tell them I had to go to work soon. Of course they told me I couldn't go to work, and when I asked why not, the lady looked at me and said, You don't even have the same two shoes on. I looked down, and lo and behold, I had on two left shoes. After this, I vaguely remember some guy screaming at me, saying I can either work with him or against him. I kept resisting, but he picked me up and dragged me to another room with a stretcher that had restraints. They put me down and locked my arms and legs. I was able to bang the arm restraints against the side of the stretcher to make a really loud noise and he held a straitjacket over me, threatening to put it on. I told him it didn't scare me and kept doing it and, finally giving up on me, he shot me up with something that knocked me out. The next morning, I'm asleep in the room of the psych unit of a hospital. I hear someone say, there's a phone call for Frank. Someone tell Frank he has a phone call. The phone is for Frank. I wake up hearing this and I try to move my arms, but they won't move. My legs are frozen as well. All I can do is move my head from side to side. I try to scream for help, but I could not do it. I was simply frozen. After a few minutes, my body rolled out of bed and I was in control again. The doctors there told me I was still noticeably different for the remainder of that day. After three days in the hospital, I was released into a partial hospitalization program and from there referred to a rehabilitation clinic that I am still in. Well, that is one of my personal experiences with this beautiful chemical known as Xanax. Please be careful. I'm not one to normally be reckless, and I'm usually the last one to be fully engulfed by the effects of drugs. Obviously, everyone has their limits, and I definitely exceeded mine. One thing I would like to bring particular attention to is my constant eating of the bars. I had no control over this, and normally, I know when to stop taking a drug. There was a time before this that I had taken three bars of Xanax and the same thing happened, except I only took a couple more that day. I did not think this would happen again, but it definitely did. Please take caution to this effect. <laughs>